0: Was it me? Was it Paul? Was it you? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Let's find out on episode number 35 of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Who's Paul? Retro Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. Who framed Roger Rabbit?
1: 1988. Co-hosts online.
0: Auditory analysis online. All Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago and let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 35. There you can find the show notes for this episode. You can uh, leave us a... Comments. You can vote in our poll on whether you thought "Who Framed Roger Rabbit" was a classic, nostalgic, or tragic. And you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, and more. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I am a dad, a designer, and a di- diabolical dispenser of dip.
1: Oh, you used diabolical, maybe even dispenser, but not dip. <laughs>
0: And that is my good friend and co-host, Paul Powers. Hi, Paul. Howdy. Paul, my question for you, as is our custom, is, which do you prefer, Disney cartoons or Looney Tunes cartoons? And
1: we're just talking about, like, the shorts, not animated
0: features or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it really depends. Because there are some that are better than others. Because there's some good, great Donald Duck ones that are better than some of the mediocre Looney Tune ones. But then there are some Looney Tune ones that are phenomenal compared to some of the Disney ones. Ah, so, uh, well, just com- compare the best too to the best. Hard. <laughs> it's. I would. I would want to say. Uh, I want to say Looney Tunes, but I, yeah, I would say Looney Tune, but for nostalgic reasons, I think I enjoy the Disney ones better. But if, but honestly, if I wanted to sit down and watch a short, I gravitate towards the Looney Tunes. All right. Fair enough. Sorry. It's so hard for me. That's okay.
0: And we yeah. were going to, now we were going to have a guest host, but Ooh. life gets in the way. Yeah. Life gets in the way sometimes. Don't worry. Judge Doom did not take her out or anything like that. Uh, But we're going to have Kira on another time. Uh, But she did send me essentially her affidavit or her notes, I should say. Oh,
1: good. Because I thought this would be really good to get a female perspective on this movie. Yes.
0: So I have those in the ready. I'll read those. Um, I will be impersonating Kira tonight. Um,
1: Oh, we should have Alice do that. Can you do that? uh, Alice, you are now Kira.
0: Too much to type.
1: Uh, i can give her directions but i guess not all kinds of directions
0: um well let's yeah i think this might be a bit too much
1: all right uh, well here fair. paul while
0: while i'm figuring out if alice can play the part of kira will you please lay in our course for this time
1: sure uh let's have a round table discussion between two people and maybe alice <laughs> on the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then uh, let's go into the new tube segment to see what everybody's been up to lately and then wrap up the show with some feedback and announcements.
0: Very good, Paul. And Alice, when you have the target acquired, please uh, let us know. You know, you like to just give us that big alarm and what have you.
1: Alert, alert, target located.
0: Spoilers. Incoming. Engaging Retro Rewind Reactor. ...pictures invite you to tune in again for the most highly acclaimed movie of the year. He's here! here. Tune in again for Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit, Herman, Benny the Cat, and the most incredible cast of tunes ever to
1: perform together in one motion picture.
0: What's up, Doc? My biscuits are burning. What's
1: this Tune in again for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> the last time I worked with someone with a speech impediment.
0: A Steven Spielberg presentation, a Robert Zemeckis film, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspaper for showtimes. What do we remember? What, and we have our memory mind meld in place.
1: And we I, do? Yeah. Is that why we're hesitating? Because it's in place? Exactly. It's, in,
0: it's somewhere in the recesses of our collective minds. Oh, oh we need to push and it forward. It, uh, it has been pushed forward. Here we go. All right. Marvin Acme, the owner of Toontown, was murdered. Mario, I, I mean Eddie, Ma- <laughs> is a private detective <laughs> who hallucinates a cartoon rabbit and is called in to investigate. Then he is hired to take photos to make the rabbit named Roger jealous? Uh, The photos are of a disturbing, sexy cartoon damsel, an established motive that it is Roger who killed Marvin Acme. This causes trouble for Roger, who then hires Eddie to find the truth that he was framed, so that Roger won't get killed by Dip. In typical film noir style, Eddie cracks the case, discovering the real killer of both his brother and Acme was Judge Doom all along, killing Acme to get the property and build freeways. They are able to erase doom in dip, though. This movie's eccentricity leaves the whole audience wondering what they just saw. (laughs) Well. That was kind of right, but.
1: So where, so he he didn't hallucinate unless there's a whole theory out there where this is all Eddie's hallucination somewhere. Uh,
0: yeah. I, that was just uh, one of our memories. It okay. doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way it was.
1: Oh, I, I know, but I was wondering if you heard anything on that.
0: I had not. No.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Paul, will you, so our, like we said, our memories are kind of sketch, but would you frame out the actual technicals of this uh, movie? Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit? There's no question mark at the end of that in the title. Really? Yeah, so actually it goes, it proposes the scenario of, you know, who is on first actually framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) This movie was rated PG, ran 104 minutes and came out on June 22nd in 1998 it was uh, written by our good friend Bobby Zemeckis. We became good friends on one of our previous episodes.
0: <laughs> Retro Podcast dot com slash thirty three romancing the stone.
1: Yes, who also had uh, Catherine
0: Kathleen
1: Turner. Kathleen Turner, thank you. For some reason, that's why the name couldn't came. Who voiced uh, Jessica Rabbit in this, but also starred. Bob Hoskins, this, the Mario guy that you mentioned. And uh, Christopher Lloyd was Judge Doom. Did Christopher Lloyd play any characters in episodes we've done or movies we've reviewed? I don't believe so. Not yet, anyway. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And know. a whole host of other characters. So the budget for Who Framed Roger Rabbit was an estimated $70 million. And it went on to gross over three almost 350 million worldwide and uh, raised uh, over 80 million in rentals alone in the US of a. Wow. Right which is kind of sad because they cut production short because they didn't want to put any more money into it Oh, because they wanted to add a whole bunch more characters like animated but they ran out of money to pay more and they ran out of animators to animate more characters into it but if they had just spent a little more time it could have been anyway
0: (laughs) wow that sounds like something we don't like about the whole overall production
1: well, no, I just think it would it could have been better because I love the animated characters and to know that it it grossed so much more money if, if they spent a little more time to add more characters to it. I thought it, that that's a cool idea. Whether we think this movie is a classic or second class, I am always for more characters or and at least animated wish, ones.
0: We totally forgot to say our predictions. I know oh, I yes. did. Um, I predicted that Who Framed Roger Rabbit would be nostalgic. How about you, Paul?
1: I predicted Eddie framed Roger Rabbit. No, um, I predicted that it would be a classic.
0: And Kira predicted it would be nostalgic as well. And But, Paul, you were talking about you have loved a lot of the anime characters, so let's talk about the things we loved. And I'm going right. to try seeing if Alice can uh, speak for Kira. All right, so Alice couldn't cut it. she Her circuit boards were fried by trying to play the part of Kira, so I'm going to go ahead and read that.
1: Don't do Kira's voice. I'm not. Uh,
0: all right. <laughs> here's one of the first things Kira liked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I love how Zemeckis fully embraced all the stereotypes of each genre, film noir and cartoon, and melded them so well. You could point out distinctive elements of each, but they didn't seem to take away from each other. You have the film noir where this you have this tired detective pulled in for one last job, drinking problem, emotional baggage, etc. And the cartoon... Oh, wow which is this over the top violence love and she loved the inclusion of all the tune tricks like holes and curveballs and swinging singing swords colorful sets and characters that's just something she really liked about this movie
1: yeah that i didn't realize but it took all the stereotypical typical things of e- of both genres and like amplified it and and meshed it i guess it, well together like it didn't i thought it was a good combo of the two usually you can't mix genres really well Mm -hmm. but this seemed like a good example of mixing two genres like that
0: yeah and i i'm i wish i if we had talked i'm sure like listening to this podcast down the this episode down the road i'll be like i'll be thinking oh so actually that makes a lot of sense why they did that but at this point i haven't given enough thought to think why did it work so well together maybe there's something about both those types of uh types and of storytelling that work really well and maybe the time period as well maybe uh, but listener if you have uh an idea please leave us a comment or post on our facebook page and tell us what you think about that but paul let me kick it over to you what was something you really liked about who framed roger
1: rabbit I enjoyed some of the the dialogue some of the puns in there were fun and um and it just like uh like when uh towards the beginning where Eddie didn't want to go into Toontown and they said well any Joe would be happy to go to Toontown he says well then get Joe to do it mhm but it's things like that were just fun to to go along with and
0: oh absolutely um, yeah and i'd say building off that the idea of I thought the writing on the whole was, and this was very similar to a lot of the things I liked about uh, *Romancing the Stone* and another popular uh, Robert Zemeckis movie. I'm sure you can guess which one. Uh, *To the Future*. Ah, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just the sort of the writing that keeps keeps foreshadowing and keeps seeding elements that are coming and really tells the story of characters in just small little tidbits without a lot of exposition. For instance, I really loved how they established things like rules or character development pieces without a lot of exposition. For instance, in the beginning when Eddie's talking, talking with um, Marvin a- not Marvin Acme, um, Maroon. R.K. Maroon. He, R.K. Maroon. Uh, Maroon says how uh, you, he's a tune; You can drop anything you want on his head. He'll brush it off. But you break his heart, anyways, just the idea that tunes can't be killed, they set that up and you can do anything. Um, I think it sort of magnifies the immensity of having this thing called dip later on,
1: yeah, that can kill tunes. exactly, exactly. yeah they did a good job of setting up the rules of the world when it's quite a different world that we actually live in, so that was good.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely uh going back to things that Kira liked, uh she said. Huskin's slapstick routine in the warehouse is the high point of the film for me. Uh, Roger Rabbit's line, "Don't tell me you've lost your sense of humor already," is pretty great too. So that speaks to the dialogue, like we were talking about. But also, what did you think about all the slapstick elements?
1: Thought it was fine. I'm. Um, I usually enjoy slapstick elements. Yeah, I mean, you've
0: made that comment before.
1: Yeah, this I didn't really notice. I mean at the end there, but that seemed kind of more childish to me, I think. At oh, the, really? But,
0: but it seemed like they're doing, uh, when as throughout the movie after Eddie and, Roger, get together. It seems like there's a whole lot of slapstick type Here's stuff. Here's what I
1: think. Here and and you find that like in the warehouse when they first go in to find um, Marvin Acme's, though the safe is dropped on his head, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're like the hammer comes out, yeah, almost hits him. I think because of the cartoon element, I expect it, or oh. like I don't. But when if whenever it's a live action. Film mm-hmm. that's completely live action. I don't really expect it as much, so then I find it funny. Here I just find it eh, it's normal.
0: You know what's interesting about that? This is this is kind of getting into the weeds of comedy. But I, I watched. I want to say probably a couple years ago now. There's an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yes, and he went. Uh, Dick Van Dyke went to his son's classroom to explain, like in the show, he's a comedy writer. Right. So he went to explain to his son's class what that is and he struggles with it and then he realizes he just needs to be funny and he does a bunch of slapstick things and <laughs> and he makes the comment that the, what's funny about it is that it's unexpected. Yeah. And I think so you I think hit the nail on the head in that in cartoons you expect that kind of thing but in live action you don't and since they put cartoons in this live action world it probably drew a lot of that unexpectedness from the movie
1: yeah at least for me but it worked for her so great yeah um i don't think it distracted from the movie it's not a negative thing so
0: uh yeah and I, I, I definitely liked the warehouse scene also. I, I, The ending, the last, I don't know, I forget how long it was. It, it felt like it was quick, but I think it was actually fairly lengthy, the whole uh, climax finale. I, I, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time, especially every time the dip got closer to Roger and Jessica. I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay. Here it comes oh, again. <laughs> And I, I fell for it each time. I don't even though I've seen this movie before. I was about to
1: say, you've seen this movie before, I know, right? No, but it's
0: still, I was, I was invested. All right. Um, uh, what was something else you liked,
1: Paul? Um, I liked uh, the interaction with the tunes, the live action with the animation, the blending of the special effects. Some of them were. Some of the special effects were kind of—you could see the hard lines around the live action on some, if you know what to look for. Oh, see, and I it,
0: didn't. So I see, I didn't and that. for
1: that, it kind of took away from me. But that wasn't through most of the film; only in some. Mm-hmm. But most of the film, I didn't even notice. Like all. All the interactions, like the tunes have with the real world, until I started looking for it, and when it's that seamless, means that it's really well done. Yeah, I and I totally, so go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I I think it just brought the quality of this film up to another level when they can interact so seamlessly.
0: Oh yeah, I I totally agree. That integration was amazing. I I forgot that I was watching a cartoon. Like sort of rotoscoped over live action. It just felt like they're two characters. There's only one scene where eye lines didn't seem didn't seem quite right with between Eddie and Roger. Yeah, and then one scene where um, where judge Doom is holding the the shoe before he's about to put it in dip where his yeah. hand there it is funny how the lines were looking as the yeah. shoe squirmed. that sort of was odd. but everything else just was like so great. Um, And since you mentioned it, I'll go ahead and say this uh, was Kira's, from what I could tell, her uh, most loved thing, her classic oh, okay. maker. Uh, yeah,
1: so, it almost was my classic maker.
0: Yeah, so she says, and this sounds pretty much word for word what you said, Paul, but the integration between live action and animation is almost seamless considering the year the movie was made, 1988 again. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moments are when Roger Rabbit busts through the window in Maroon's office and when Jessica sings in the nightclub. It's impressive from a special effects standpoint.
1: Yeah, I'm still impressed with that window. <laughs> the, the
0: one that's perfectly outlined.
1: Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't like that before, and then it is. Yeah. And what's really great is that there, this is all before...
0: CG, um, comp- and it's all, yeah, all And that's yeah. why,
1: like I said, there are some scenes where I could see the... Kind of like the hard line around for the blue screen, mm-hmm. but because it was all optical then, they didn't have the CG technology to clean that up. Yeah, so it's just very impressive that they were able to do this without any computer help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious. Were you watching like the 25th anniversary Blu-ray version or a DVD version or?
1: Um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was a DVD. <laughs> no, it was the DVD what version. What are you saying to me right now? The DVD. No, version. I was okay. trying to think back. No, oh, okay. it was uh the one before the 25th anniversary. Ah, okay. Which in the DVD, not Blu-ray. Gotcha. But it's yeah. the same movie. Well, yeah. But I, that's why I, I was like hesitating. Well, it's the same movie that we saw. <laughs> I
0: don't know if they might have cleaned up stuff or what have you, you know, oh, how that's they a can good point. go back and do stuff like that now.
1: Here, uh, uh, now I see. Yeah, gotta yeah, add yeah, Java yeah.
0: into that scene with Han Solo. That's critical yeah.
1: to a yeah. New Hope. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what'd you think of the music? Oh my gosh,
0: Paul. Well, I was okay. I, I think I put on Twitter or our Twitter or Facebook, uh, that. I or no actually it's just my own twitter like I'm watching Roger Rabbit curious to see if this sounds very similar to Back to the Future. And there were certainly parts that did sound like Back to the Future cuz again the composer is the same Alan Silvestri. And but I loved how he did the the sort of film noir uh mm-hmm. lazy trumpet horn sections and then mm-hmm. the 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 more intense sections. I thought it was is a great Soundtrack. It did not make me think, wow, I'm just watching Back to the Future now or something like that. Um and I I really do like the way he does film noir saxophone versus how he does New York City romantic saxophone from Roman yes. Stone. <laughs> but what yeah, what, what did you think
1: about the music? I have to agree and disagree at the same time. Interesting. And, yes. He does it well. The the whole film noir, those scenes well. Uh, it's a great excellent example of that the cartoon intro great excellent example of cartoon you know just like at the beginning with the the cartoon the who framed roger rabbit or the roger rabbit cartoon at the beginning
0: let me say real quick about that that was like i thought that was amazing
1: just oh yeah i'll I'll just leave it at that but that cartoon at the beginning yeah i was so
0: impressed with it
1: oh oh yes it was it was fun yes um and a great intro Mm mm-hmm but going back to the music, each little part was an example of excellent music. But here's what I found frustrating. After 25 years you ask you ask, "Hey, what is the Who Framed Roger Rabbit theme song?"
0: Oh, it's been running through my head the whole after watching it.
1: Yeah, I had forgotten it since, but really yeah i still don't is it that that, when the the end credits come on it's like a sped up version of that but then there's the no that's the cartoon intro no no it's not now you're totally throwing me maybe i
0: can't remember it i thought i could
1: Anyway, Anyway, I can't remember it. And even if I do, it it sounds more like uh, a a film noir song, right? (laughs) Right. It doesn't have that classic back to the future. It doesn't have like Star Wars. This is actually one of the things that I, I have a little problem with the latest Marvel movies is that. I can remember none of their theme songs. Oh,
0: I can actually, I can remember the Avengers fairly well, and this is and that's Alan Silvestri, which is interesting.
1: And see, and then I've talked to other people who're like, "Oh, I know the Batman Begins theme song." I'm like, "Really? Yeah, not Batman Begins, but yeah, Batman Begins." Yeah. The uh, I know Batman I like, Begins. Yeah. See, I I don't. It's not oh. like. Uh, but when you compare it to like... Um,
0: There's no hook. There's no hook like the themes of Superman, a lot of the John
1: Williams themes right. right, or Danny Elfman's Batman. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. that those are great, memorable themes yes. that just seem to be missing from a lot of movies anyway. I, you know what?
0: I can't disagree with you. I can remember the some of the scores you mentioned just because I listened to that music on just in general. But... I, I can. So, I see what you're saying, and I can... I, I
1: was frustrated here each... So Who Framed Roger Rabbit had several examples of excellent music pieces, but it, I was frustrated there wasn't a memorable theme, at least for me.
0: Here, here's the theme, Paul. That's
1: Looney Tunes. Dun, oh, wait.
0: No, you're right. I was trying to think of Marriott go, go Round, Broke Down, however that yes, goes. Yes, that's
1: the Looney Tunes theme song. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay <laughs> that's why they used that song
0: oh i thought it sounded really familiar okay yes <laughs> anyway yes like the music uh kira did not have a comment about the music but i'll just assume she liked it so she can be in my corner
1: she didn't dislike it or we haven't got to that yet <laughs>
0: uh, no that wasn't
1: in there either okay
0: so there's oh how, do you have a lot of likes still paul i have a ton that i just want to go through of, i uh, have
1: one more and then one mo- and then uh my main main one
0: okay uh kira has one more um and then her main one or no we said okay. her main one already uh, kira's one other was that she forgot about the baby baby herman with the voice oh, yeah. of a man and she loved that and that, is, that was funny you weren't uh, very unexpected i'd say even in right. within cartoon realm
1: right and that actually goes into my main.
0: Oh, well then how about you go take it away Paul and then I'll just yeah. list a bunch.
1: Is actually the fun characters. Not only that they not only do they combine all these classic characters, but the new characters that they introduce like Roger Rabbit and Jessica mm-hmm. Rabbit and Baby Herman are each distinct distinguishly unique. Yeah. And fun, and it just makes it that much better, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. So what would make it a classic for me are the fun characters and watching them interact.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, listener, you can't see this. I was, like, totally upset at Paul in the video because that's exactly what mine was for slightly different reasons. But uh, I I just thought the characters were amazing in this, like – and sort of going back to what Kira really loved the integration, I think that sort of fed into this idea of having these fleshed out characters because they integrated it so well. It just added even more to that believability that these are Roger Rabbit is real, Jessica Rabbit is real. And and uh but I want to speak to Eddie Manley. I oh my gosh, Bob Hoskins did such an amazing job. That as, was my
1: next thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my classic, but that was my one more thing that to, to yeah. add was oh. was Bob Hoskins acting.
0: Yeah, I, I just how how sort of hard boiled he is at the beginning, and just like doesn't like tunes and just really hates them. And and when he's when he um, just sort of his overall arc and character is really cool to see. But when he is going through the pictures from Catalina and he sees him in Dolores, yes. and then he comes to his brother, I. I mean like I'm tearing up just now thinking about it. He just delivered that so amazingly. I Why totally felt pain. Why did he put pain.
1: that much devotion into the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Come on, Bob.
0: <laughs> because the directors apparently were not very nice or something. I don't know. That's not or Maybe not,
1: Bob did, wasn't it? Anyway.
0: Anyway, we're not neither here nor there on that. Uh back to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I just I I thought it was amazing how how his character and again it's interesting how the cartoons they're two-dimensional but their characters were very fleshed out very three-dimensional um
1: that's because of the shading in the highlights yeah
0: i was about to try to come up with a quip about that but nothing was coming to me so i'll let you have that um but no really that is is really cool to see that um
1: like when Rogers, um, after he finds out about the the, the patty cake pictures, mm-hmm. he goes into the alleyway and he's looking at the pictures and he's yeah. really torn up about it. Yeah.
0: And then, oh, and then, of course, Judge Doom. Uh, wow. I thought he was an amazing villain. Uh, A lot of people I've heard say that,
1: but I just find him, eh.
0: Well, I think it's interesting how cold and just detached – and serve...
1: Well, You'd have I, to be. I mean, look what he did to the shoe. Well, yes. But, did, that shoe did nothing wrong, and he went and killed him. Oh, what my god. What the heck?
0: That, well, well, we'll talk about that a little a bit later. Okay,
1: good, because I have more to say about that. Okay,
0: but just this idea that he's this chilling villain when he's human, and then this diabolical, chaotic, maniacal tune was just really interesting to see that that dichotomy Within the same character just based on what sort of reality or persona he was playing.
1: Or he was just unleashed when his cover, his disguise was taken off.
0: Oh, sure. That's a good point. Why I'm curious, why do you think he wanted to get rid of tunes being a tune himself? Some people that's just want to watch the world. Very
1: good point. That's that's true. <laughs> Cause he liked the idea of freeways so much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, he's a crazy tune. They crazy don't make crazy. sense.
0: Yeah. So those were all the things we thought made Roger who framed Roger rabbit really a really good movie. I want to go through. A, Did you just, have
1: anything else to add?
0: Yeah. I had a few bullet points. I'll go through real quick. Okay. Uh, I already mentioned the opening cartoon I loved, uh, the way they established characters I really liked. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, I really thought it was a fun twist, not really a twist, but kind of on the nose that the cartoons that were sort of against the other cartoons were weasels. Mm-hmm. I thought that was humorous. Uh <laughs>
1: That's the villains game. played the
0: villains? Well, no, but just this idea that if if someone's going to like turn on you, you call them a weasel
1: and that they oh. were
0: literally weasels. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: they were villains in uh, the Mr. Toad. Oh, really? Well, they oh, okay. those exact weasels weren't in those, but mm-hmm. the the weasel character the base character for those weasels are in the... Um, Mr. Toad's
0: Wild Ride. Or,
1: it, yeah, not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, That's the ride, That's, yeah. but the cartoon. The, <laughs> yeah. What's that it's, called? Uh, it's not "Win in the Willows, but I...
0: Oh, yeah, I thought I it was I think it's that.
1: Adventures of Mr. Toad. Ah, okay. Wow. I don't know. Listeners Di- know.
0: Digressions aside, I also liked... Uh, I, I like that Judge Doom at the end when he unveils his big dip machine, he says, it's a vehicle of my own design. And I, I feel like that's an homage to doc Brown, making the DeLorean. Oh,
1: I didn't notice that. That's funny.
0: I, I don't think it's quite the exact same line, but yeah, I, I think yeah. it's similar. Um, and then I just thought the idea that judge doom was a tune was a really good twist.
1: Yeah, I, w- I agree with that. But, I, I- Even though I I found his character, eh, I agree that that was a great twist.
0: All right. Well, we'll get a little bit more into why you might have thought his character was just eh. But before we do, we had uh, one comment from Facebook that I want to share. This comes from regular listener Joe Martin. Thank you so much for writing the show, Joe. He says about Roger Rabbit, Man, when I was a kid, I felt like I was getting away with something when I watched Roger Rabbit in my basement. I felt as though I shouldn't be watching it. And my parents were too clueless to catch on. Seriously, a couple of <laughs> parts in that movie, usually involving the dish pu- disproportionate Mrs. Jessica Rabbit, and my little heart racing like a lab rat's. Maybe it was <laughs> that thrill of what I believe to be Forbidden Fruit uh, that made it seem so good because I rewatched it recently and it's not that racy or good. Uh oh. Uh, I what? guess you know what Joe thinks. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's that was cool. like
1: out of left field. It's yeah.
0: like, okay. Sure. It's cool, but it was a gimmick. I say this. I'll say this, though. I do love the interactions between the cartoon characters and Eddie. I'm a huge fan of old school Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons. For example, seeing Mickey Mouse bass diving and Bugs Bunny is lethally awesome. Or the piano bow between. Ah, uh, with Donald and Daffy, two of my absolute favorite characters since I was a kid, is well worth the time to sit down and check this thing out. And thank you so much, Joe, for saying that. That actually reminds me. I totally—I don't know how I passed by this, but I thought seeing Disney cartoons and Looney Tunes cartoons together was really special. There's just something oh, about definitely. that. Is like when you saw Mario and Sonic in the, their first game together in the games weren't that good. Uh, that was something special. And so it sure. was really, really cool. So thank you so much for sharing that, Joe. And that transitions us into the things we didn't like. And maybe Jessica Rabbit's in there. I don't know. We'll see. But, what's something you didn't like about who framed Roger Rabbit? Or was there nothing?
1: No, there there was something. I had two things that I really didn't like, mm-hmm. and one of them was my main thing, and I have that written down, but the other one I didn't write down for some reason.
0: Judge Doom? Well, you know, while you're thinking of it, let me read one yeah. of Kira's. Uh, Sorry. That's okay. I watched this movie as a kid, but I realized this is not at all a kid's movie. The overall tone. Most
1: parents realize that in the theater <laughs> with their kid.
0: <laughs> um, the overall tone is pretty dark, and the moments of humor are really very adult. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Or playing patty cake are good examples. Yes, they are very innuendoous. Really, that's not a word.
1: I thought playing patty cake was very clean compared to what they could have done. Yeah.
0: But it's in but as an adult, because we have adult filters, we sort of know what that's an innuendo for.
1: Yeah, but the fact that they weren't actually well, it makes yeah. it kid friendly. But it How is that adult if it's
0: It's essentially the cartoon version, that's the implication.
1: Oh no, there are definitely cartoon versions out there of within <laughs> this universe, within the
0: Disney and Looney Tunes canon.
1: I, I don't think so. All how right. do you think Bambi was born?
0: Extra paint?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh did you know that was one of the uh the uh plot lines for uh one of the original ideas they had for judge Doom is that he was actually Bambi's mom's killer <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome wow but Disney put it they Disney said no, we can't have that. I don't know good. why. I thought that would have been great. But anyway. It totally
0: would have been. Uh, did you remember, though, uh, your – or actually before that, did what did – so you didn't think the movie was all that adult or just that the patty no, cake wasn't No, I
1: oh, – I, I thought the patty cake was a good a good turnaround, mm-hmm. like a good – like. Oh, they were just playing patty cake. Okay, good way to keep play it. on convention. Oh, a I remember this go oh. actually goes into what I didn't like. Perfect. Okay, when I was a kid, this is the first time that you actually saw tunes swear, or at least for oh yeah, uh, and like the the the, theatrical. the gorilla guy, mm-hmm. and yeah, and so it was actually the, the the whole playing patty cake actually made it more kid-friendly un- unlike the the gorilla guard who mm-hmm. made it more adult yeah. in my opinion sure so i didn't find the patty cake all that like ooh as much as like
0: the some of the other cartoons things,
1: yeah
0: mm. interesting yeah i i do like though that like the dvd i got from the library they have a whole disc that's just a family-friendly version and i would assume it's I th- and I re- feel like I remember seeing on TV um of this uh, TV version where it's oh, actually they probably
1: did say like wise guy yeah wise instead. guy and yeah
0: and they probably I would imagine didn't show uh Ma- uh maroon arcane maroon getting shot like his back bullet shots you probably just saw Oh him probably dead.
1: not yeah um,
0: but i I like going back to the dialogue i I really appreciate when movies will actually record dialogue just for family friendly mm. uh, iterations of the movie. It's they make it a full screen version, which is kind of lousy, but still i I really appreciate that as opposed to someone twenty years later having to go in and sort of redub over something that doesn't sound like the original actor and doesn't match the lips at all. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Touchstone slash Disney <laughs> slash Robert Zemeckis. Anyway, uh, something that uh, I didn't like, and this is sort of very some uh, going into the again same pool of: is this an adult movie? Is this a kids movie? Uh, Why I, not both? Well, uh, yeah, no, and it's good that it can serve both audiences on different or levels. Or can
1: it? <laughs> Wow. Well, because some people would argue that it isn't for kids. Like I think that they that they I don't think yeah to.
0: I don't think it's for the age where if you have Disney cartoon if you have uh, a child that's watching and really into Disney cartoons slash Looney Tunes cartoons I don't think this is the this is the age that you would show them Who Framed Roger Rabbit I think like uh, early teens is more appropriate anyway okay. that's that's my opinion anyway the thing I didn't like. Uh, though I, th- I think it's very much in line with Jessica's character, the way she's drawn so to speak, and uh, just her overall... She can't help
1: that. <laughs> I. But she can not help what clothes she wears. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Uh, yeah, and
0: in the club when she's singing for the first time I, mm. I really, it really bothered me how her character is just meant to inflame the lusts of all the men that are there, and I mean, I, I think it's much different. I
1: think that's the whole idea of that club. Is, well, mm,
0: then why do they have Daffy and Donald?
1: Entertainment. Piano
0: battling. Battering. They're
1: the um, pre-show. The yeah. yeah. Okay. And they never get to finish it.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Ever. Ever. I, I, I think it was completely appropriate to her character and set it up well as opposed to, say, The Great Mouse Detective, where they have that one girl and it doesn't make any sense why. It didn't seem to fit in that movie, but it fit here. I, it still was uncomfortable for me. I, I felt like, uh, this is, I don't really want to be watching this right now.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it wasn't so bad later on, but especially in that opening scene where you see your character for the first time.
1: But I will say they did an amazing job on the sparkles on her dress.
0: And I was thinking about that. How how would you do that without CG? Painst- that seems like it, right.
1: Painstaking- painstakingly every cell. And they said it, they they had to change her dress because if they did that, the whole movie they would still be working on it.
0: <laughs> Man, that, yeah, that was that was pretty remarkable that yeah. they did that. I. I I didn't think about that in the moment. I sort of just took it as a matter of course. But afterwards, rethinking about that, I'm like, man, that would be so much work. Yeah. Those Amers were probably like, I never want to see a sparkle again in my life. (laughs) Uh, Let me go back to Kira. Uh, Something else she didn't like. Uh, Once Hoskins enters Toontown, I begin to remember why I blocked this movie from my memory. The, really? The insanity of Toontown set against the backdrop of the film noir plot is downright disturbing. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Because one is way positive and the other's way negative.
0: I think so. And I'm I'm sort of reading into what Kira said, but it seems like there there is this turn where you're sort of in this dark, dreary, even the tunnel going in, you're expecting like mm-hmm. this really dramatic, heavy thing coming. And then, and it's, yeah, know, it's very did bright, you know like,
1: what's going on? Yeah, they actually, Robert Zemeckis, had the inside of the tunnel painted black. Oh, to really? to have the contrast. A- yeah, oh, wow. a- accentuate the contrast between the two. Speaking
0: of that tunnel, you know, that's the same tunnel uh, that Marty. He
1: later went back to. <laughs> yes. Back to the future, too. Yes, yes. Back to the future,
0: too, where Biff tries to mow down
1: Marty on the hoverboard. Um,
0: I believe that's the tunnel if you're going up to the Griffith Observatory in LA. Yes,
1: it is. And it's a very, it's a much shorter tunnel in real life. Mm -hmm. I remember driving
0: through that. I'm like, wow, I don't remember. I thought it was way longer.
1: Well, that's because in this movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when they're actually in the tunnel, it's uh, a miniature. It's not that real tunnel.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And they made that tunnel really long to make it more dramatic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, well, cool.
0: So goes movie magic. Yes. Uh what what did you think about that? Paul, did
1: that was that jarring to you at all or not really? I can see that it can be very jarring because on one hand, you the, the film noir is very dark and very um it has certain rules where things I mean there are positive things, but there are negative things. Mm-hmm. But then you go into the zany world where everything's bright and there are no rules, mm-hmm. and and just about anything and everything goes in a way of w- zany wackiness. Mm-hmm. And so, it is very it is very contrasting. But for me, I love cartoons. I grew up watching cartoons, mm-hmm. so I was thinking, oh, good, the good part, <laughs> you know. Not, we can get away from this dreary real life stuff. Yeah, Let's go yeah. to the cartoon. So well, going into Toontown is something that I looked forward to.
0: Oh, okay, awesome.
1: So it wasn't a negative thing for me, but I can see if somebody's enjoying mm-hmm. the first part of the film, how this could, it's definitely a shift in mood. And yeah. definitely, this is where the two genres don't mix well.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm it, you know, what's interesting that just came to mind is that all uh, throughout the movie, Eddie's drinking and you see him sort of numbing out to the pain of the loss of his brother. Mm-hmm. And just before he goes into Two Town, he empties out his liquor. He decides not to have it. And he uses his best bullet to t- shoot it, which I hate that. I wish he would saved that for Judge Doom. The tomahawk no, guy. You don't
1: know that's his best bullet. It's it just totally the one that did. hits the mark. Well,
0: yeah, we've done it for Judge Doom. Anyway, that's not the point. But it, it was interesting how he 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 decides to you know not drink alcohol anymore, um, and then he goes into Toontown. And he, 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 it's almost he can't be numb to it. He has to take in the insanity because now it's, it's real. I, I don't know if that was intentional at all or if I'm just reading too much into it, but I thought that was an interesting, interesting time to have him give up the, the booze.
1: The part when he needed it the most.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, the one thing about Toontown though, for me, and I wasn't expecting this because I remember liking it as a kid, the movie just kind of slowed down for me once it got to Toontown. Mm. I just, I, I, all the way up to that point, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not really thinking about how long this movie is because it, it's getting closer to two hours. It's, not, it's certainly not there at 104 minutes. But, but by the time they get to Toontown, I'm sure I to think, wow, this is kind of going on a long time.
1: Oh, Oh. like his, like the, the, the whole chasing after the wrong woman in, in Toontown that like could have been cut out.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, that could have been certainly. I mean, I love the gag of him falling from the, the high point and, and Bugs Bunny giving him the spare tire.
1: Yeah. But still,
0: yeah, it, it felt like it was, there was no, I know they find Judge Doom there and they've. I don't I don't know valley, how you would yeah. rewrite it to make it important to go to Toontown, but it just didn't seem needed. It just
1: seemed like a reason uh, to because do a they wind tunes. End up in the in the warehouse at the end anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean maybe it establishes what they're trying to save. But
1: I I think think there would have been many people who were disappointed. Like, here you set up this movie uh of humans and interactions, and you have this idea of Toontown, Mm -hmm. but then to never show it, Mm -hmm. how frustrating that would be. I mean, I was frustrated as a kid when they did show Toontown. Oh, really? Because in my head, you know, there's so many different cartoons and so many different varieties, but every... Place where they had it all seemed like the same. It was all the same town. It was all the same trees, except for maybe like the back alleys. It seemed like there were only two worlds: where the cartoon world in reality. With like every time you turn ten degrees, it's a totally different landscape. You know, you have Duckburg on one side, and you Mm -hmm. have totally (laughs) turn around and and you you have like the Smurfs on the other. You know that kind of thing. Which yeah, I was like okay they show one three second scene it's like all the trees smiling and dancing and cheering okay and then you turn to the right and it's the same thing you turn to the left and it's the same thing and they keep going it's kind of all felt the same to me where i think a real toontown would have been slightly different mm-hmm. so that's what but now that i'm an adult and when i watched it i didn't mind it as mm-hmm. much because maybe i couldn't take all that
0: yeah, it would have been a bit too much. It would have made it even longer for me, which
1: I don't think I would have liked as an adult. But then you could throw Scooby Doo in there, you know, with oh, them yeah. chasing all the. You know what I mean? There,
0: there were no Hanna Barbera cartoons in this that I remember, huh?
1: Right. But anyway. <laughs> well, they said they 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 wanted to get as many, and there were some studios that said no, mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking maybe the Hanna Barbera ones said no. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Don't want to be a part of history, and now look where you are, Hanna Barbera. Yeah, look where you are. Okay. Uh, back to uh, Kira. Um, my terror comes to a climact, climactic point when Christopher Lo- when Christopher Lloyd, Judge Doom, reveals his cartoon eyes and starts squealing in a high pitched voice, even as an adult. That is the stuff of nightmares. Oh, then they good, did a good job. They, they did. And I'll say for my wife, Christy, she, she cannot watch the movie because of that. It is too terrifying to her. Really? Yeah. I, I. So that's a
1: negative thing? I would think that's a good thing because it makes a villain scary. You're supposed to be scared at the villain.
0: I was inferring that I was a negative. It did it to not... Uh, pointed out whether it was or not so i apologize Kara, if that was in fact a positive but i could see that as being a negative especially when i take like my wife christy she doesn't want to watch this movie just because of that
1: yeah then it's a negative thing if it makes you not want to watch the movie
0: yeah um do you have any other things you didn't like paul
1: i have one thing that it's kind of is it your tragic maker yes well, you know and what? Boy, is it a doozy? Oh, really?
0: <laughs> okay. I me and Kara apparently didn't really have tragic makers because that may be a foreshadowing of my rating, but I just didn't find I guess Jessica was kind of maybe one, but not really because it wasn't like she has over centralized the whole movie. I, I don't know. I mean, she was, but she wasn't. That's mm-hmm. hard for me to really quantify. Okay, I, but one one more thing that I didn't like was the shoe dying in the dip. It was just oh yeah, especially when it's almost like I felt like it, you're killing a dog, and it's the dog's looking at you like, "Why are you doing this to me?" I mean, he's he yeah. looks up at Judge Doom is like, "Why?" Oh, it's it's really you, sad. You want
1: to hear what what could have made that scene worse? Because they were talking. I was listening to the commentary and watching the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, and they had to they actually had to tone down the shrieks of the shoe because it was a lot louder and it it pulled on the heartstrings even Uh, more. And they thought about, what if you showed the other, the matching shoe watching the death of that shoe? No. So it could have been worse, you know? Wow. Yeah. I don't think I could have taken that, but... Yeah, but I agree. He was a punk. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, you 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 feel like, okay, the shoe was a uh, punk? No, judge dude. Oh, him. Oh, okay. It's like he's okay, he's he bought the election and he's the the law and the apparently he's judge, jury and executioner mm-hmm. and that he can just get rid of anybody and, you know, that's what happens when adults get into power, or at least the wrong ones. Mm. <laughs>
0: Was so that is that wrong. your tragic maker?
1: No, then that's one give, of the things. Lay, lay it on us. Okay. Here we go. The plot is way too complicated. Ooh, okay. Now, tell me, uh, answer me this. Really this? Okay. What was the point of Jessica posing for the patty cake pictures?
0: If I remember right, it's because they were trying to keep Roger having his job because Marvin ah, R.K. Maroon was gonna fire him unless he uh, she did that for him. Because he wanted no, Acme okay.
1: to cause he, yeah.
0: he wanted Acme to um to play ball with selling his property or selling Toontown or something. And if he okay, could blackmail yes. Acme then, with those pictures, then.
1: then... you Now, you said two different things. Okay. One was so that Roger will perform?
0: No, no, no. the No, that's not it. She He needs... So he needs to... Bla- Maroon needs to blackmail Acme. Though right. He knows, I guess, somehow, that he has a thing for Jessica Rabbit. Right. Since there's no other way for Maroon to get Acme to cooperate, he decides, okay, I'll use this relationship that Jessica has with him to blackmail him, but how am I going to get Jessica to do anything? Oh, I'll threaten her that I'm going to fire her husband.
1: Okay. So. Not a kid's movie
0: plot, certainly.
1: No, I know. Okay. If he's going to threaten Marvin with it, to sell to blackmail marvin yeah to, to blackmail marvin why is he showing roger the pictures uh uh to cuz that a limit that there goes the blackmail once that's out there's no reason to you know what i mean
0: yeah i know what you mean unless he's trying to get him to go kill acme which doesn't seem to follow
1: no, exactly. So, See, and what when, when you find out when I was listening to the um the commentary? The commentary, they, they had written this script forty different times. Oh, and well, it each time
0: ta- Provo to them for taking that much time to
1: Well, that's true in one sense, but I mean and but they said some of the earlier versions, uh Jessica was the villain. They had oh, different people beating Baby Herman was the villain at oh, one wow. point. And even up to like a week or two before the movie premiered, they were still inserting little scenes of exposition because they kept changing wow. the, the story. And uh-huh. I think it's just way too complicated to follow this whole – i i and be, once – if you turn your brain off to watch it, that's fine. But when you dissect, okay, why – is this happening here versus here versus here? It's just too complicated for a yeah. story. And you know what? And, oh, go ahead. And for me, I was about to say, and for me, if, if I'm big on story, mm-hmm. then it would frustrate me and make me not want to, because it, there are parts where it doesn't line up.
0: Yeah. And I got to say that there's that one point where, uh, I think Eddie and Dolores are sort of conversing and Rogers there with them. I I can't remember if they're in the, the back room or where but it's it's like they they both sort of have an idea of what's going on I don't know what's happening and then Roger says so you mean to tell me or something like that and he, he sort of lays out everything I'm like right. oh that's what's that's happening because the... I didn't know that thank you Roger yeah,
1: <laughs> and they said that anytime they had a problem with exposition they'd have a cartoon character come on screen and explain it
0: oh nice okay that's clever <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it worked somewhat, but it's like, okay, if if she's posing for the pictures to blackmail him, did he not give into the blackmail and refuse to sell? So he showed Roger the pictures anyway, and then I what mean, was the point of that?
0: In hopes that he would go kill. Uh... Well, but actually, then... you know what? Maybe maybe it makes maybe that idea that maybe yeah he showed S- Acme the pictures anyway and sell. So. Let me so, okay, and then um decides well maybe I can somehow get Roger to kill him. Oh, okay, so I know this alcohol does this to him. him
1: to kill him. Yeah,
0: and that that exactly showing him the foes and giving him the liquor and and having Eddie there as a witness as to what he does when he has liquor is very much um, shows motive even circumstantially. Um.
1: But I think that it was progressing. It seemed like it progressed too quickly. Mm. Like they figured they didn't. How are you supposed to know that um, Acme wouldn't sell? And Mm -hmm. then, okay, so we still got to get him to die so that we can grab the will or buy out the the company. Speaking
0: of the will, why would he be carrying around with him? That's the thing that sort of bugged me.
1: There's a lot of things that don't make sense (laughs) when you look at it. That's why I put it as my number one thing. It doesn't make sense when all the strings aren't tied up. And if they are, they're not. You have to guess. That's why it's not shown why or Mm -hmm. explicitly stated.
0: And they didn't sort of speak to any of those in the commentary behind the scenes?
1: No. Of course not.
0: Because they don't have answers. No one no, has they answers. Said, I want the they truth. They said... You
1: can't handle the truth. Right. And they said... Well, they did say, well, we have to explain what probate is because that's a major part of the plot. Yeah, I didn't... And, I still don't know what that is. And they and they basically decided, no, we don't. We just have to make a joke about prostate being mixed up for probate and that's good enough. What <laughs> What is probate? Uh, it's something to do with... uh I don't know. <laughs> here, here we go. to do with... Legal transfers
0: let's, let's, of property. Let's let's ask uh, Siri. Okay. What is probate?
1: Here is what I found.
0: Probate is a legal document. Receipt of a probate is the first step in a legal process of administering the estate of a deceased person, resolving all claims and disturbing and distributing the deceased person's property under a will. So it just has to do with like, the will and sort of the functionaries of it.
1: See, the what you just explained was confusing, and that's only a minor part of the <laughs> plot, which is why it's confusing.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't say and go check the will records or something like that.
1: Yeah, but whatever. I think yeah. Cloverleaf, what a stupid name! I can. <laughs> nah. I could. I, I. I.
0: It was incepted thinking it was Cloverfield. Oh, yeah. Like, it the monster movie. I don't know
1: why. But I thought it was actually cool that they brought in the whole red car yeah. thing that actually happened.
0: Do you do you have any idea why uh, the red car and sort of L.A.'s public transit did dismantle way back in the... Yeah, It
1: because it, it really did happen. The tire companies and the car companies got together and basically bought them out.
0: Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it that this whole that whole they plot line actually happened. Yeah. Wow.
0: So so there was a toontown before.
1: Well, there was a red car, and it was the best transportation. L.A. did have the best transportation at the time. Wow. And you think that device would be thought up by a toon? That actually makes sense. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> cool, Paul. Well, uh, any final. I have a few just random things I would like to say before we get to oh. our trajectories.
1: Yeah, yeah I thought it for. was amazing. I didn't know. Speaking of random things, yeah. the guy who uh voiced Roger Rabbit also voiced Benny the Cab. Really, yeah, and oh, wow. he also voiced two of the uh the Weasels. Wow. Um, Greasy Crazy. and psycho, the one that was in the stray jacket and uh-huh. had that laugh, that high pitch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was the same voice who did Roger Rabbit. Wow! And that's uh, Charles Fleischer. Fleischer, good job, Charles. Yeah. Uh,
0: w- one thing that was a fun memory for me was seeing that Goofy cartoon when they go to the theater. Yeah, that was an actual. That was very much an actual cartoon that I used to watch. So I remember watching it as a kid several times.
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> We've
0: entered our targeting trajectories into Alice's computer. Now let's find out if she has a firing solution for us.
1: Or we can just say whether we thought it was a tragic, nostalgic, or classic. No. Nope. Go, Alice. Go. <laughs>
0: firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. Thank you, Alice. Uh,. Let's start with Kira. Which, so sorry you can't be here, Kira, but thank you for sending us your notes on what you thought about Roger Rabbit. Her final rating was between classic, nostalgic, or tragic. She said, "After watching the movie, I vote it as a classic. As an adult, I just can't help but be impressed by the fusion of two such totally opposing genres: the zaniness and comedy of the toon world, coupled with the dark film noir plot." There are two ideas you'd never put together but Zemeckis's, Zemeckis pulled it off beautifully. It also is it's also worth noting that from a special effects perspective, the quality of the animation live action blend was a significant achievement for the 80s. Agreed. I still
1: think the uh, the quality of the animation is far better than a lot that's even done today. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> I completely agree just throwing that. that in there <laughs> no yeah i i would not disagree disagree uh but paul do you disagree with kira what is your final rating
1: unfortunately i'm gonna have to uh not disagree and go with a classic as well <laughs> uh you this totally was had me i was like <laughs> oh no
0: likable was, this not was, was that the it
1: very fun for me to watch, again, as an adult, as a, as, and I enjoyed it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you haven't seen it, that you would be entertained by it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth watching, in my opinion. I enjoyed it so much that I watched it uh, last night uh, straight through, and then tonight I watched it with commentary. Mm-hmm. Just I was
0: wondering how you fit that in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, wow. and uh, so and it had been a while, so it's it's been fun for me to revisit.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll have to repeat this with I agreed it was a classic as well. I, I I did not remember it being this much fun of a movie, and this sort of touching at parts, and I, I just I felt I felt immersed in the world. And I, I loved just getting to know these characters again. It was it was really fun. So,
1: yeah, I agree that this. I as an adult, there are parts that I enjoyed more, and that some of that was the more touching moments. Mm-hmm. So, I, I do
0: want to say my only little caveat, I guess, to that is it's not as funny as oh,
1: as a as an, as an adult, adult. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah. There's
0: only one part where
1: I actually laughed out loud. Oh, um, beats me. <laughs> I don't think I laughed out loud at all oh, is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. oh. I thought you are making a joke. But I smiled laugh. a
0: lot. Yeah, exactly. So, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a unanimous classic.
1: Boom. Boom. Wow. <laughs> Have we had a unanimous classic since our uh, three... What is it? What would you call it? Our our rating system went to three levels. Uh, No,
0: we have not. So this is the first time. Good job, Roger and company.
1: Yeah. And the guy on first who framed him. Uh.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's move on to our new tube section.
1: New tube systems engaged.
0: For new tube, Kara also sent us her pick. So I'll read that in her stead. Uh, she d- she wanted to recommend Infamous Second Son, which is a video game. Oh. She just finished her first playthrough of the game with her husband. Aww. It's an open-world action-adventure game that is a PS4 exclusive. The game is pure beauty from an aesthetic standpoint, and it's a pleasure to hear Troy Baker, voice of Joel in The Last of Us, and Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Both games that I've heard are amazing. I have not played any of these, but I wouldn't mind watching someone play them. Uh, Utilizing his significant, sorry, that was all Francisco. Now back to Kira. Uh, Utilizing his significant skill to voice the main character, Delson Rowe. The plot was a hole. The plot has a hole here or there and seems to move more quickly than I'd like, but overall it's a fun game to play with enough artistic elements to move, to pull in even a fairly casual gamer. It's the third installment in the series of infamous games, but still accessible to any to someone like me who hasn't played the first two.
1: So it's not only famous, it's infamous. In famous. <laughs> All right. Sounds inter- <laughs> sounds fun.
0: Yeah. So check that out. And Paul, what is new on your tube?
1: Um I don't know the name of this. Actually, it was actually referred to. It's a vid. It's a game that infamous uh, someone, second son. No, someone referred to me on a friend referred to me on Facebook. I think it's called two zero four eight. Hmm. It's okay. a it's a numbers game, and basically there's numbers on a tile, and you move them with your arrow keys or like on my phone i have Mm -hmm. it the web page open i think it's all i think it's web-based i don't know if i haven't been able to find it on my on the um as a standalone app Mm -hmm. yeah um but apparently there's uh knockoffs but anyway you move tiles like you get a number two and you move another number two tile next to it and you push them together and it becomes four And you get these numbers all like added up together. And when you run out of space, the game ends. But the whole idea is to keep combining like tiles before adding out of space and your number increases. Sounds kind of lame, but actually, after doing a round or two, now I've been addicted. So um,
0: (laughs) that sounds like a game on at least for iOS. I don't know if it's for Android too, called Threes. It sounds, Hmm. I haven't played it myself, but it sounds very similar to that, except you're trying to add up three, I think. Okay. Something. Well, this is
1: based on two, which might be easier. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I can send you the link so you can put it on the links. Perfect. Awesome. So you'll
0: find that listener on our show notes page. And for me, I the my YouTube is a game called Um, Boom Beach, which is an iOS game. Boom
1: uh, Beach.
0: Not Boom Beach. Boom. B O O M beach space beach um not a space oh, beach space <laughs>
1: beach there's water in space and then there's the beach next to the water in space no.
0: anyway no. boom beach uh it's from the makers who made clash of clans or clash oh. of clan i think it's clash of clans and i don't think it's the same company i just think it's the same people made this game it's essentially you it's very it's like um Think of World War II slash commandos slash just sort of modern war type people, though not not modern warfare like current, contemporary, but like older yeah, World War II and Korean War, Vietnam era type units. You essentially have one, you're on an island, and you're building up your base, base kind of Farmville style. It's a freemium game. So if you want to go faster, you can pay money. But otherwise oh. you can just sort of do it just hour by hour. Um you build up your base and then you can take uh units that you have on these sort of uh uh dr- not drop ships, but those those boats that sort of go up onto the beach and then you know the front comes down and you drop yeah, off the ships. Yeah.
1: I, I for like life, saving me, private Ryan. Yeah,
0: I don't know why I cannot think of those n- name of those boats. Listeners are probably screaming, it's
1: this it's um, the dead men boats where all the military get off and they're dead. Oh, sorry. S- sadly, Too soon? yeah. <laughs> sorry. Both
0: for the listeners, both me and Paul are are children of veterans, so we're
1: military brats.
0: Yes. So we are not completely insensitive to that. Well,
1: maybe Paul is. Only anyway. slightly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh but uh, if you serve, thank you very much
1: yes we do appreciate it yes um totally lost my train of thought though Uh, sorry it's
0: it's just a a fun game to do every so often because you don't have to be in it playing all the time uh since it is sort of you know okay upgrade my my armory okay that's gonna be four hours all right i'll go to sleep now tomorrow morning
1: oh okay so it's like clash of clans in that way yeah
0: exactly Okay. Um, There isn't sort of an element of teaming up with other people, which I think Clash of Clans has. Yeah. There are other real people's island bases that you can go and attack as well as a computer opponent that you do the same thing with. Uh, but And people can attack you, but you don't really lose anything. Just you, you lose some resources and your and base respect. builds up back up. Yeah, I guess. But if that sounds interesting to you, I, I, I liked it at first, but now I'm sort of like, Eh. yeah become less and less interested in it but if it sounds interesting to you go check out boom beach on ios possibly android but i think just ios boom boom all right let's get to our feedback and contact section alice Comsat online receiving incoming transmission So we have some feedback uh, from our Facebook page and I will read it now. So first off I posted on there and sometimes I'll post questions to you, the listener uh, about a thing, just general things about the show, how we can improve things like that. One thing I mentioned was I, I asked uh, several people what, for you who are fans of the show, what would you like to be called? Like there are people that like, uh, other shows might call themselves like the Retro I think that's a, a show. Or there's a mm. board game. There's a board game show, board game podcast I listen to, and they call their fans Pegheads because it's like pegs uh. from the game of life. So I, I was just curious what our fans thought, and we only got a couple responses. But uh, Christy, my wife, she's uh, mentioned Repeaters, which I really liked. Raft right bat.
1: Oh, is that like uh from Firefly, the
0: Reavers? No. I thought I was actually thinking Reavers, but no, uh sh- this is Repeater. She says oh. because telling someone I'm a retro repeater communicates you listen to the podcast often and huh, which equals a con- a conversation score. So just saying that you're a repeater can open the door to talking about the show.
1: And uh it reminds me of that uh that story of Pete and Repeat. There was uh, their their brothers oh Pete gosh. and Repeat were walking down the 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 road and uh, Pete fell in the river. Who who's left? So and Re- Deborah Powell. Right. Pete. So <laughs> no. Pete and his brother Repeat were walking down the <laughs> the road and Pete fell in the river. Who's left? Deborah Powers, your mom, also uh,
0: liked Christie's. Your mom
1: commented,
0: <laughs> and also a, co- uh, a guest host of the show. Uh, I, I like Christie's idea. A, a repeater, yes, she's a repeat guest host. Um, but the best she could come up with with was RRP fans, which is fun.
1: Uh, but if you They're have all an like idea, grounds per minute fans. No, it's RPM. Sorry. Oh, wow.
0: If you have an idea for that, please leave it on our Facebook page. Uh, Another poll I put out there was, uh, what would you like to see more of from us on our Facebook page? Maybe links to cool retro videos, retro images, uh, just more heads up about when our episodes are coming out or just personal updates from uh, you and me. You being yeah. Paul and me being Francisco. Uh, and uh, Rachel Wunsch said option A and C, which would be more retro videos and more heads up about episodes. And Joe Martin, who we who left us a comment about Roger Rabbit, said all of the above, be more active, have some contests, ask opinions yeah, why on don't future topics, have a guest on this show, etc. cetera. Uh, rock this thing out, brosophists. But above all, must keep it real. Keep it real like a Happy Meal. Good day.
1: So thank you, Joe and Rachel. That was bizarre. (laughs) But fun. I didn't know Happy Meals were real. Well, uh, that's that's debatable. If you say so. Yeah. Maybe we should ask the listeners, are Happy Meals real? Yeah, let us know.
0: Hit our Facebook page. And uh Paul will share where you okay. can find all of that information soon. Uh, but before we do that, I want to thank uh, Kira. Even though she can be on the show, thank you so much for sending your notes and watching the movie and giving us your thoughts. So that it was, we had three people unanimously rating "Who Framed Roger Rabbit" a classic. I'd also like, and I, I'll, I'm going to put a link in the page. I I need to. Well, I'll check with her on this. I'm going to put a link to uh, Kira's page where she'll do commission artwork. She oh. she does an amazing job. She made uh, her husband and her daughter uh, Gan Ganondorf and Link costumes for Halloween the other nice. year, and they they're really nice. Well done. And she'll make lots of different custom art for you. So I'll put a link to her page so you can check that out, Paul. Where can people get in touch with you? And do you have anything to promote this time?
1: Uh, People can get in touch with me at pauljpowers.com. And there you find links to social media that I um, sometimes frequent, sometimes (laughs) not. Depends on who's frequenting me. Anyway. Fair enough. uh, But pauljpowers.com. And uh, what am I promoting? Yeah, if there's anything. I feel like it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, that's absolutely fine. And you can fi- silly. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And you can also contact the show, our web address slash contact. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. If you need podcast cover art done or you need your website redone, Please contact us. I'd love to work with you to get your a new website or redesign that website up and running.
1: You know you want to. You know you wanna.
0: Um. Anyway, Paul, what are we what are we going to be doing next time on the Retro Rewind podcast?
1: Whatever we feel like. Gosh. Also, next time we will be winding back to the year nineteen ninety two for sister sister act. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> but until then, <laughs> we would love to, <laughs> if you would share the show with your friends, if you want, or to support us even more, go to dot com slash support. Is that still true?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All those, uh, all those links there are still true.
1: Oh, all there these may links. not be
0: as much information about as there the should be, but,
1: oh gosh, okay. Really- Oh, there's always more information at com. so find out the latest there. But if you want to follow, friend, or pin us, or plus us, or, you know, retweet us, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash social. But if all you want to do is listen to the show, don't bother, and keep on listening. But that if you want no to send sense. us some... Huh?
0: That just made no sense to me, but...
1: Sure, some people don't want to go online to find out more about us. They just want to go, they just want to listen to their podcast. Oh, I see.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I'm on the same page now.
1: There we go. But if you want to leave some good old fashioned written feedback, you can get out your quill and your inkwell and you can write on your scroll and send a self addressed, self stamped, self addressed, self addressed,
0: -addressed, stamped envelope.
1: No, send an address-stamped envelope. It's a self-stamped envelope. We want you to put the stamp on it, not us. And uh send it over to podcast dot com slash contact. The U.S. Post Office will know where to. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. All right. Because well, they
0: listen too, <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah. Thank you. If again. not,
1: you should tell them. Yeah, if you if you're while post, they're on their mail route,
0: post worker, yeah, what would be better? I mean, I actually, I what would be better? I love listening to our show. I'm I'm not only a host, I'm also a fan. Well, uh, uh, even better, even better. Uh, thank you, Paul, once again for co-hosting sure. as always. Thank you, Kira, for being a pseudo guest host this time. Hopefully, we'll get back another time. And thank you, Retro Days. If you come from, if you're coming from there, uh, and if you're not, go check them out. They're at uh, retro-days.org. We're part of their podcasts. Uh, they show us on our po- as their some of their podcasts, um, and they also have fun forums and articles, uh, all retro related. Most off, though, I want to thank you, listener, for subscribing for or for downloading, just for listening. It's so great putting that we, up
1: with us this far, and
0: yeah, and putting up with us this far—thirty-five episodes. That's really awesome.
1: No, oh, I uh, meant in this episode, like oh, keep well, on listening that too. Yes, up to this point, you haven't turned us off yet. Exactly. Um, and if you do, oh, we just lost two more listeners. Sorry. If you are
0: listening <laughs> to this point, please tweet me, Paul, or our show. Um, tweet us cowabunga, and that'd be really cool to hear that you got to this point. A little special thing for you who's listened this far.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> and,
0: uh, but thank you so much. And whether you're, you know, working out, whether you're doing chores or just wow. commuting to or, from work, out. <laughs> to or room work, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. And you're like welcome. a Pokemon, we'll catch you later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind
1: Podcast. You catch all our Pokemon. Even mute. Retro rewind mission complete. Proceed to that
0: point, Omega, and return to base. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way.
1: Yeah, you are, Francisco. <laughs> <laughs>